Okay, guys. Here I am interviewing none other than the Mackenzie Holdren. My name is Emma, and I'm the guest host of a few of my friends' podcasts, interviewing your interviewer, Mackenzie Holdren, today. Say hi, Mackenzie. Hi. <laughs> How are you feeling being on the other side? <laughs> I know. Usually I'm like, ooh, I make people cry through this or, you know, so I'm like, <laughs> I will not cry. Oh, you're going to cry. I'm so excited. Okay. Hopefully. Here we go. Um, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. Thank you for picking me to be your interviewer. Uh, this yes, is great. This I know. is going to be so fun. Well, I feel like this started really because you gave that push. You know, I had this in motion for a long time. And then you were like, all right, we're doing this. Like, we're going to sit down and record. And I was like, okay. And then it just started from there. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm your most aggressive friend. So <laughs> here, here we are now in season two. This is awesome. Okay, well, let's start with the basic question. So how long have you been teaching? This is my 18th year. Holy cow. How are mm. you feeling about year 18? How's that sound? How do you feel? I feel really old sometimes. Mostly, you know, when I started teaching, I was the young one. Mm -hmm. And now it's like the tables have turned and I'm a veteran. And there's a lot of young teachers out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I used to be you. <laughs> like, and I'm old enough to be their mom. And I remember saying my first year to some of the teachers, like, you could be my mom, you know? And that was hateful. And now, like, <laughs> you could be their mom. You know, I'm like, oh, gosh. No, but you have the young vibe, so it's like, okay, like okay. even though, like, I'm 18 hip. years, you're so hip, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, so this is, like, our third year of being friends. You helped me through year one, and um, now here I am in year three. Um, and, and, like, thinking about the questions I want to ask you, I don't know why you decided to be a teacher, and hopefully I'm not the only bad friend. So, why why'd you decide to be a teacher? <laughs> um... Ooh, I don't know, to be honest. Like, I grew up listening to my grandmother tell stories about working. She was a secretary. So, she told these stories about, I don't know what this guy's name was. I thought it was Ricky Fricky. I'm sorry. My mom was <laughs> going to listen to this and she'll know. But my grandmother would tell stories about these people or these kids coming to the office and, like, throwing up. And she was the secretary and the nurse and, like, all these things. And she would tell these stories. And I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible. Oh, gosh. And I always wanted to, like, work at a store or do something like that. And so when it came time to go to college, I was like, I got my associates. And then I said, all right, I'm going to go be a teacher. And my mom said, I don't think you should do that. I think you should go to radio and, like, be in radio. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Because really all I knew was, like, I went to school, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, I knew how to go to school. So how hard was it to be a teacher? And um, in my mom, my mom worked in an industry where people were leaving teaching to come be, to come work there. Yeah. And so she was like, you don't want to be a teacher. And I was like, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> and so now she will tell you that she couldn't imagine me doing anything else. Mm. But I just think that it would just, it's what you knew, right? Like, you, I used to sit down and make my sister work and I was the teacher yeah but I remember grading papers then and it was so fun, so fun. <laughs> and now I'm like it's the worst thing literally the things that you think like the stereotypical teacher things they're like grading papers and writing on the board and this that the other or like making the charts and the posters and the projects 
it, those are the things that make you want to pull your hair mm -hmm. out because the projects, mm -hmm. your room explodes, there's things everywhere, and the grading papers is agony. Yes. There's so much that's so much more fun than that. I know. I have a stack of them for this weekend. I can't wait. Oh, I the stack, It's we're only in week two, and my stack mm -hmm. is impressive, yeah. to say the least. Um, so... Thank Stella, you, Stella. Stella. Yes, good idea, Stella. Um, so I just want to jump right into the the hard hitter questions, the ones that um, we've all been dying to hear from you. Um, and I just want to start with, um, you know, with the students that we have, our job is to kind of invest in them, teach them, pour into them. Uh, but what non-teachers don't realize and what teachers kind of forget to notice a lot of times is what our students are teaching us. Um, and so I'd love to hear about a lesson that you've learned from one of your students. Oh my gosh, such a hard question. Um, I will tell you my first year, I taught special ed for a really long time and um, 12 years. And so mm -hmm. I came out of special ed and into third grade. And my first year in third grade, um, there was a girl named I'll say her name, Ava. And she came into the classroom and said, I can't read. I can't, I can't, I can't. There was another little boy in the class that year that also said he couldn't read. They yeah. just couldn't. And um, I learned through that that even though their reading maybe didn't get better, but what I told them, they believed in themselves. Absolutely. So if I told them that they were the best reader, or if I told them they were the prettiest or the best artist or whatever, whatever I tell them, they believe. And so it was probably that year that I learned that words matter. Yeah. What I say really does matter to these kids. My dog is so needy today. It's just because she loves you so yeah, much. I know. Um, and so I, that's what I probably have learned. Like the biggest lesson is that you can say a lot of things to these kids and they, they soak it all in. And so it matters. Like if I, like I can tell them that they are like the best at everything, you know? Yeah. And they believe they it. They believe you absolutely wholeheartedly. And, um, I don't know. That's been kind of my approach. Something I've learned from you this year with, um, the class of third graders that I'm teaching and I've got to say, for me, um, it's challenged how I speak to myself as a teacher, as a woman, as a Christian. And like, how am I speaking to myself? What words am I pouring over myself? Because I've watched it. Um, my students, their chest puff up and their eyes just shine a little bit brighter. And how, how am I speaking to myself? And um, so I guess thank you for sharing that lesson, even if, um, it was a little bit by proxy, um, <laughs> it did, it's working for me. Um, so, but you talk about this student, Ava, and, um, how the relationship that you built with her changed her attitude. The words you spoke with her changed her attitude about reading about herself. Um, and I gotta say, um, those listeners that haven't seen you in the classroom, like relationships are your thing. Like, you get the kids that people deem impossible and they buy into who you are as a person and um, change so much. The one year that I got to see you, I think of a few of your kiddos 
and the perception that other people had of them and uh, just for how they changed in the way they carried themselves, how they felt about school. Um, like you're the relationship building queen. It just is what it is. Um, but I have to imagine that you've had students where they come into your classroom and it's like, nope, not this one. Do you have a, do you have a student that you think of for that? Um, if relationships are so important yeah. because I think I, I can make them move mountains. I can make them believe anything. Mm -hmm. I can make them, you know, I can make them walk on water. But I have to build that relationship first. Yeah. Um, last year I had a tough kid. And I had a hard time building relationship. And I couldn't. And that probably was the, the worst moment in my career, to be honest with you, is that I could not build a relationship with that kid. Because I thought, if I could just get him to yeah. buy into me, mm -hmm. then, you know, maybe he would do what I needed or he would do, you know, this or that. And he would not, it just, there was no relationship. Um, it, well, some did towards the end of the year, mm -hmm. there was something, but I'll tell you today that kid saw me in the hallway and I felt this arm wrap around me as he mm -hmm. walked down the hallway and he hugged me and I like, oh gosh, like, you know, it, it just doesn't build as fast for some kids. Yeah. You know, for whatever, maybe it's their home life, maybe where they came from before, you know, they, this family, whatever their background is, they don't always build relationships quick. Yeah. Some do, some don't. But, um, that was, that was probably the worst moment because I just wanted him to, I wanted him to like me. I wanted him to right. believe in me and, and, you know, think that I was his favorite. And it just didn't happen. But when he hugged me today, I was like, ah, Finally. <laughs> maybe <laughs> took a year. We're there. So, but what advice do you have for the teacher that's where you were with that student? Um, I think consistency is key. Yeah. No matter what, I still told him that I loved him every day. And that was hard because like some days were worse than others. Mm hmm but I made sure that at the end of the day when he left, I said, I love you. Yeah. And, you know, I don't say that to all the kids um, because they don't all need to hear it. But some yeah. need to hear, I love you. Because yeah. maybe they don't hear it. Right. But I, um, I was consistent with, you know, behavior. I was consistent with rewards. I was consistent with my expectations. And I, I just think that consistency is so important. And people take it for granted. I'm going to have to let Stella out. We're going to take a, a potty break here, a coffee break. Grab whatever you need. Um, <laughs> Stella is being obnoxious. <laughs> okay, we're back. Stella has, has gotten her needs met. The attention has been given. Um, hope you had your coffee because we're ready to keep going. Are you ready, Miss Holdren? I'm ready. Awesome. Okay, so let's go right into um, what everybody really wants to hear because some of us have favorite stories. But I think it'd be great if we had one big compilation of some of your favorite teacher fails. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Tell you the one that keeps getting brought up over and over again is we read Because of Winn-Dixie. It's one of my favorite books to read to the kids. I love it. I love the stories in there, just like the characters. I love every part of it. 
And in there, they have a, um, a party. And so, <laughs> I'm so excited. My mom made deviled eggs, I think, or maybe I, I don't even know. Or egg salad, egg salad. And I just remember, like, there's so much, so many pieces. You have to have the crepe paper and the paper bags. And the, <laughs> there's so many parts to this party. And, like, weird things like pickles and yeah. punch. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I get to school, and I'm so excited. Like, I have everything together. I bought Kool-Aid in the pack, like, you know, I used to drink as a kid. And I assemble the Kool-Aid, and the kids come in. They're excited about this party. And they're eating their egg salad, and they're just so respectful. And um, probably one of my all-time favorite classes. And they drink the (laughs) Kool-Aid, and it's orange Kool-Aid, which is my favorite flavor. And they're like, this tastes good. And I said, no, it probably tastes funny because of the egg salad. (laughs) Or the pickles. And they're like, no. And one of them goes did you put sugar in this? And I was like, did not put sugar in it. That story, I mean, that happened years ago. These kids are, I don't know what grade they're Ooh, they're probably eighth grade this year. Seventh, eighth grade. And they are still telling the story. They're in eighth grade. No, seventh grade. They're telling that story still. And I'm like, stop talking about this. Like, it was a big deal. Um, or maybe they're sixth grade. I don't know. Anyways, time flies. Um, that story was in the yearbook. Oh, yeah. Like, one of the girls wrote about that is, like, her memory that she won't forget. And I was like, nice. uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> None know? of the good you did is the unfair. I mean, way. yeah. Like, you invest all this time. And, um, and it was funny. Like, I, we can laugh about that. But I'm like, can you guys forget? Um, that was probably one of those. Ones. I think I've had a lot of teacher fails. Um, I think when I was first starting out, you know, I didn't know a lot of things at all. I didn't know anything about special ed or anything. And mm-hmm. so just sitting and learning all the paperwork and learning all the parts. There's so many moving parts to special ed and just learning all that. And I feel like I failed a lot. I still feel like I fail, <laughs> you know, but like... Mm-hmm. I felt like I failed a lot, you know, and, um, but it makes you a better person, right? Yeah. But, um, I've had some really good moments. One of my favorite, like, teacher fails is this one kid, you know, one of those ones. It's like a behavior. He's one of my favorites. And he, um, was doing so well. You know, and somebody came in to observe me, mm-hmm. and he got mad about something or wanted to show off, and he goes back, sits on the floor, puts a bucket on his head, <laughs> and is, like, beating the side <laughs> of the bucket and whistling, you know? And I was like... Of course this is happening. Yeah, yeah, that's a moment of... <laughs> and so, you know, I was hearing him bragging on this kid, and I was like, yeah, that didn't make me look good. <laughs> I look crazy right now. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Um, but, I mean, like... Like you said, talking about figuring out the paperwork of special ed, the fails. Uh, yeah, there's the stories, but we all do fail so many times every day. And like with teaching, you have to keep that attitude of like, okay, this is a learning opportunity. I know what doesn't work this time. Mm-hmm. I can try again next time. Um, but thinking about like your experience and having watched you as an educator and um, 
the way that your administration trusts you, the way um, that your third grade team trusts you and leans on you, and the school truly leans on you. Um, on top of the fact that you have your specialist, like I just, I have to know what at this point, even though you're so qualified to take on a leadership position, why are you still in the classroom? I think, oh, you've said that from like day one. I'm like, because. <laughs> I think it takes a very special person to be in the leadership role. I really do. I also think that in the role that I'm at right now, I can have so much more of an impact mm. with families. I know as a leader, you could impact, you know, the whole school, the whole class. Or, like, all the school. You know, all the children. But I think my impact is so much stronger in a classroom. Mm. You know, those relationships that I can build there. And that's just what I feel. I mean, ultimately, my dream is to be back in the self-contained classroom. Really? Mm -hmm. Really? Yes. And working with those kids. I mean, that's where I want to probably finish out the years. (laughs) You know, when I get older... (laughs) Um, I do want to, you know, get back in that population and work with, like, the MI kids, mm-hmm. the um, intellectual disabilities and things like that. And you know, just working there. Because it was probably some of my favorite years. Uh, just a fun population of kids. So, that's yeah. probably where I will end up anyways. And so, but, you know, through that. I think I need to support the leaders. Like, it's Mm -hmm. important that, you know, people want to be in leadership roles, but it's more important to support the leaders that you have. Yeah. Because if you're not supporting them, who is, you know? Definitely. People are watching always, right? And so I think it's important to just always support, like, this is my boss. And, um, And just trust. And so... I don't want to be a leader. <laughs> we'll let them be the leader and I'll support them. And I mean, I don't know. I just can't help but feel I, the families that you serve like have just got to be so thankful that you have decided to stay in the classroom because um, teachers that teach like at the caliber that you do just really don't stay in the classroom. They're the ones that move up because... Um, they have that expertise to share about how blessed are your students that they like still get you 18 years into your career and you're not teaching teachers, you're still teaching students. Um, But not only are you a teacher, instead of taking on a leadership position, here we are in season two of your podcast. Well, and that was another reason, to be honest. Uh You know, there were opportunities that opened this year and I just felt like, this podcast was more important and Mm. I couldn't be a leader and do this podcast. You know, I needed to kind of draw the line and say, I'm going to stay a teacher and kind of follow this out and see where it goes. And here we are. Here we are. (laughs) So, um, you've mentioned bits and pieces of it in, um, different podcasts over your two seasons so far. But lay it out for us all on the table now. <laughs> Why did you start this podcast? Um, I'll tell you. People tell me things. Oh, oh. They tell me stories. Oh, for they tell sure. me all the things. And, um, you know, I've always wanted to be the person that was like the good listener. 
or the one that people came to for advice. And you are. And I feel like, um, you know, that's what I always dreamed to be. And mm-hmm. then people tell me these stories. And I remember Kristen coming and sharing stories. And um, she's, Elise, of course, was telling her story. And, and then you start to see, like, these people are coming to work every day. Yeah. Like, you know they're heartbroken. Mm-hmm. But they come to work. They put on this mask. Especially, like, Elise has done a great job. She works with the older children. But, like, Kristen comes in and works with tiny baby children. <laughs> and smiles yeah. and is cheerful. And, and I'm just like, how do you do this? Like, you are crumbling inside. How do you do this? Yeah. And you just walk in with this mask. And, I, I mean, I, that's what... I used to work at Jen's Hallmark at Russell Ridge back in the day. And Jen told us when you walk in the store you leave everything outside you're coming in here to be a customer service representative you're here to sell cards you're here to sell you know gifts what happens outside your boyfriend all that stuff needs to stay outside yeah and I think I that's what we do as teachers just because if you brought that in the classroom you couldn't you couldn't be thinking about all that and teaching yeah um and so people tell these stories and i'm like okay so i started connecting elise with another person and then kristen and elise started talking and so i'm like these are really good stories that need to be shared with other people because i don't think people realize what happens behind the classroom door what happens I don't think people realize what happens. And so, um, I just wanted people to be able to hear these stories. And my friends have graciously <laughs> shared these stories. Like, I mean, just come here and open up and just share. Um, and that's, that meant a lot to me because I felt supported, number yeah. one. Um, but number two, like, they're vulnerable. Like, these, this yeah. is... Like, your most, most vulnerable moments in your stories. And you're sharing them with people that you don't even know. You don't know who's listening. Yeah. You know? And so, I will be forever indebted to the chunk of people that have come and shared their stories. Because I know it's a lot. Yeah, it is. And, um, I don't know, as a listener, even... Though I've been someone who, like, has been on the podcast as a guest, being a listener, I um, have just so appreciated the season of life that I've walked through these past several months since our interview, really, um, having these stories to listen to, even if the situation doesn't really match what my experience is and what I'm doing, the um, feeling of, like, sisterhood I guess and going into school and serving our kids and giving teaching our all even when the world is on fire um having this podcast and knowing like we're in this together Mm -hmm. um is really reassuring and comforting and makes this walk less lonely well and I was really shocked after the like you know I, I don't know if people realize this I put them out super late at night because I get super nervous that people are going to listen to them and say things and have opinions. 
And so I post it super late at night when everybody's asleep. <laughs> but people aren't asleep. They're listening to them. Yes. Like, Why are you awake at 1 a.m.? We're writing papers. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, go to bed. Um, and so I remember posting the first one and just like laying down and my phone started going off. And um, people were like, I'm so proud of you. This is awesome. And um, then I shared Elisa's and, you know, so many people were messaging me about Elise and Christina and you and just like sharing like, this is a lot. I had no idea this was even going on. Like people didn't realize that Elise was coming to work every day and dealing with that. Yeah. She really does a great job of being a professional. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so... When those comments started coming out and people started messaging and and just, you know, being like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. I thought, people don't know. People have no idea what's happening in the classroom or what's going on in somebody's personal life. Absolutely. Because, like, we're the teacher and it's hard for our coworkers, our parents, um, like, society as a whole even – to see us as anything besides teachers. Um, Like just thinking about the people in your podcast, like having like people in grief, having cancer survivors, having um, business owners, like just all the different types of people. Um, It's, I think that you are painting a picture of teachers as more dynamic. Yes. But I think more importantly, and what I would assume is your goal as more human. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the life. Um, We're real people here. Yeah. In, in the classroom. Um, so that was kind of your goal getting started. Um, what surprised you over time about how the podcast has kind of evolved and what, what it is on the other side of pulling the trigger and launching it? Um, I think the first shock was that I even had a hundred listens. Like yeah. when people, when like, cause I can see the total number. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got to a hundred, I was like, shut the front door. And I like <laughs> celebrated so big. And, um, just to like hit those milestones, like, yes, to me, it's a number mm-hmm. and I don't watch the numbers, but that means that like, if a hundred people listened, at least 200 ears, you know, or you don't know who else is in the car or, you know, you know who they shared it with. Like it, these stories have been shared. Yeah. And that's the cool thing too, is like all of that. Um, when I hit, I think I'm sitting at like 1.2. And so like to hit that, I was like, Oh my gosh, what the heck? Big business. (laughs) And, you know, like, that's not what this is about. Like, it's not about, that's not what this is about at all. It's about people hearing stories and realizing that these are humans, Mm -hmm. that these people are going through events, but also maybe somebody to feel like they're a sister with or, like, that they can feel connected or that they're not alone. Yeah. Right? And so that was the first thing. Um, The second thing was when I ask people and they said yes like my cousin's wife is a huge like creator Mm -hmm. and she 
she is busy. I don't even know. Like, I just reached out. I was like, hey, I'm doing this podcast. Uh, would you do this? And she was like, sure. She's busy. Mm-hmm. Like, she's been asked to do lots of things. Yeah. I mean, and she did. Like, she took time out of her day um, and to hear people, you know, say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited to have one coming up. I hope, I hope it's scheduled. We're trying to get the right date. The beginning of the year is terrible. Yeah. Oh. To get anything. We're all going crazy. But I'm super excited. She's young. Um, like, she has her own merch line. Like, she's on TikTok. Like, oh, I'm just super excited um, to bring that because she's positive. And, mm-hmm. like, um, I like her energy. And so, I think that'll be fun to bring to the table. Someone young. <laughs> Not all <laughs> like me. Um, You're so silly. Yeah. Um. I gotta be honest, it's funny, as your friend hearing you say that you are, like, surprised that your friends have said yes, um, because you are, like, the friend that'll walk through fire with somebody else, and, um, I'm, I know I'm not the only friend you have that owes you any yes, (laughs) um, and, and I know you're not the type to keep tabs, but, um, just thinking about, The kind of friend, um... Emma, are you crying? I know. My goal is to make you cry, and here I am. But, um, the kind of friend that you've been to me, um, I know you've been that same friend to the voices that I've heard throughout your podcast, and, um, it's just the least we can do for, for the friend that you are. Um, but that's enough of that. (laughs) Uh, We're here for you to cry, not me. So let me tighten up. Um, so you have kind of developed your podcast personality at this point, season two, like we're, we're in here now. How do you describe yourself as a podcast host? Have you listened to my voice? Oh, I listened back and I was like, oh, is she from the South? I couldn't tell. <laughs> but, it's like, but it's like a, a buttery one. It's like you are doing like a late night, like jazz radio station Lady. but you're also like probably related to Paula Dean. And yeah. oh yeah, so I love it. It's like smooth and southern at the same time. That that has been really really hard to listen back, especially when I have to edit something. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that sounds terrible." No, it's you're great. Um, and of course I always start with like, "Hey guys." <laughs> okay, guys. Okay, cheerleader. Um I think I try to ask the questions that people would want to know. Yeah. Um, And sometimes they're hard questions. I will tell you that Kristen Maxwell sat across the table from me and did not look at me one bit when she was talking. Um, Because those were some hard questions. They were. And if you know her, like, she is not that way at all. But I know, like, she couldn't look me in the eye because she was probably going to lose it. But she did a great job. Definitely. But I want to ask the questions that people want to hear the answers to. Yeah. And I want this to invite people in so that they feel accepted or they feel like they're not alone. Yeah. Or they can share this. Really. Right? So. Yeah. I mean, hearing these stories has made, like, life just seem less overwhelming because... We're, we're in it together, and I love 
your t- like the n- title of your podcast a few of my friends because I, I I think that um your goal is being achieved and how how you're leading these podcasts um but what have you learned in this whole process about yourself about podcasting about life in general um I didn't know anything about podcasting but I've learned um that there's an app called Anchor <laughs> and Anchor is free and you can edit, you can record. Like when I first started, I had the mic, the pop mic. Yes, I you remember. You know, that. and um, it was too much. Like it, if it was too close, it was too loud. If it's too far, you know, I it was too much. And so when I got like with the app and started looking at it, I realized that this was so easy. I like people are like, Oh my gosh. Like you said today, mm-hmm. I'll come to you. So you don't have to bring your equipment. And I was like, it's my phone. But to be fair, when I was there, right. it was all the things. Cause mm-hmm. we, I was there yeah, early, was early in it the was process. It's too much. And so here we are, um, on the, and like, I think whatever I was using before was there was a time limit. Yes. And so I've learned a lot. I've learned that through this app, I can also call people. Like, invite them in to the call. And no so, it, sound, it actually sounds better that way than if we were sitting across from each other. Man, I've learned so many cool things. I've learned how to edit. Um, okay, you're giving me the cop-out answer. It's cute to, like, hear the tech stuff. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> but what have you learned about yourself in this process? Um, I think I learned... That you can teach an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that I can still do something. And that... That I have the ability to... I don't want to say change people's lives. Because that's not necessarily what I mean. But I have the ability to connect people. I have the ability to just listen and... Um, things that I didn't, that I probably five years ago wouldn't have believed about myself. Yeah. I can see it now. Um. Like what? I don't think that people would have come to me and told me all these things. Mm-hmm. I also learned that when people tell you things, like, you can't share everything you hear, you know? Yeah. And I, like, I want to come and tell you all the secrets. Mm-hmm. And you can't. Like you, some things you have to keep to yourself and, um, and that's hard for me because like growing up, it was telefax, telephone, telemackenzie is what my family used to say. (laughs) Um, so I was a talker and, uh, told all the secrets. And so just learning that just because somebody tells you something doesn't mean that it has to be shared. Yeah. And, um, that's been hard. That's probably something I've learned in the last like two years that, because when you do that, like, you, you hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I don't want to do is hurt somebody. Right. Because I've shared something that was secretive to them or a value. I, I met you on the other side of that realization. And um, I remember you coming into my room, and we didn't know each other that well. But you shut my door, and you were like, I can't. I can't because your heart had just, I guess, changed so much about um, how 
like what you do with information given. And so you watching other people do differently with information. Um, yeah, I, that's when I knew you were a cool person when you were like, listen, I used to be like this and now I can't and it grosses mm -hmm. me out and I can't do it. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just not that, like, why do we have to do that? Yeah. Um, and so, well, I that, think for some people it's, like, it's enjoyment, right? You know, yeah. you hear the things and you share the things. You get enjoyment out of, like, spreading, right? Yeah. But, um, man, to be on the other side and find out that person found out that you told, oh, that's, like, the worst feeling or that they were talking, that, like, somebody knew I was talking about them. That was the worst. Because I don't think I'm a hateful person. I don't. And so don't. that that was painful to on that side but um yeah those are the things that like i probably have like matured a lot yeah. um i still i still tell secrets don't worry guys i'm <laughs> not perfect but i try to be um more cautious like especially you know who i tell like yeah Haley is my next door neighbor i tell her all the things and so <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if you ever want to know anything, Haley knows it. <laughs> but she doesn't tell. Like, she's, um, she probably tells her dog, you know. <laughs> he knows all the secrets, too. Um, but you just, I've learned that, you know. Yeah. But in order for this podcast to go anywhere, I had to start telling people stories. But and that was hard, too. But I think that lesson that you learned two years ago, the podcast, you haven't been recording the podcast for two years, mm -hmm. but I think the stories and what people had been walking through, they trusted you with so much because of that change in your heart and um, like hearing how much they trusted you with their stories in like their vulnerability and authenticity was what made it so special, really. Um, and... I know, I know that I was your favorite to interview. Like, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> Duh. Um, yes, but yes. besides me, um, what? Who's been your? Who's been your favorite interview so far? Oh, and why? Did we? Did I approve this question? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's like crammed into my question list. I think I threw oh. it in the last minute. Who was my favorite? I will tell you. I've learned so much sitting across the table from people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've all been my favorite, and this is such <laughs> dumb answer. I'm so sorry. They have all been my favorite in a way. Um, but I will tell you, and this might come as a shock to many of you, <laughs> <laughs> that you can know somebody and you can be in a room with them for months and you sit down and start asking them questions yeah and um and you realize that the person oh gosh I'm so sorry the person is so much more than the laughter that they give off that deep under underneath all of that there is you know this human that is amazing and I will say Libby <laughs> came across the table with some some tough stuff yeah. and um you know 
just her answers to questions about just the valuing of human life and looking at people is, you know, differently. I, I didn't expect that from the conversation. Like, Libby's going to be, there's going to be a part two to her. Because I want, <laughs> want her to be funny, and she's funny, and, so and funny. there was, and, you know, there were some things that, you know, she shared, but, man, when she was saying some of the stuff about, um, you know, that when she got cancer, and that, you know, or I'm sorry, not when she got cancer, when she lost her daughter, um, she said, you know, at least she had this family that loved her and, you know, that would care for her. And, and there might be somebody out there that didn't have that. And, and I know I'm chopping that all up. But, man, to hear these things come from this woman that won, like, the comic relief superlative at school. And who, you know, is always sending a great Snapchat. <laughs> um, it just got me. And... I remember leaving and thinking, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted, you know, uh, I don't know what I wanted. But I I was really impressed by just the way she spoke. And, and she, you know, it's funny. She says these things and she lives it. Like, yeah. she really does care about these kids. And... Um, when she said, like, crazy attracts crazy, like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, (laughs) but I will never forget is one of those students that, you know, that they put in my classroom Mm -hmm. that needed some extra love. Um, Libby came in January Mm -hmm. and he attached to her. Not, I'm not saying the child is crazy. I am saying (laughs) that he saw in her that. She was going to love him no matter what. And he couldn't do anything about he it. He couldn't. And um, so he attached to her super fast. And and it's because she lives out what she says. Um, and I, I just think she has a really big heart. And, and I, I don't think people always see that in her. Oh, I remember because when she was in your room I that's when I was across the hall from you and I remember her trying to find moments where because she had another job at her another school and she was finishing student teaching with you um and I remember her finding moments to FaceTime her kids at that Uh other school uh to check in on them and they were so excited Mm -hmm. and to show her what they were doing and um sometimes you bring my old kids on FaceTime and they're like hey (laughs) yeah yeah but her kids, it was they were so excited, and because mm-hmm. that connection was there, and um, in the six months that I got to know Libby, I saw um, mm-hmm. a lot of the same thing, and I her podcast was one of my favorites, um, just because of how like it's how you know her as the yeah. funny like just here for the party kind of mm-hmm. woman, and then you just don't know until you know, and right. it's just crazy. Yeah, um, that was a good one. Go back and listen yeah. to that one. Yes, everybody go back. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be hoping for part two. I didn't know that was an option. So. Uh, yeah, I, um, uh-huh. after I listened to it, I said, oh, there were so many other things I meant to ask you. And I think it was the end of the school year, and I just was, I got, you know, when I sat down, I was like, man, this is going to be fun. 
and it <laughs> did not go that way. <laughs> but I kept trying to make her crack a joke or something, and she just wouldn't. Like, I mean, she did, but I, um, I was like, we have to do it again. Like, her goal through that was to be famous, too. So, <laughs> I was like, girl, you're on the wrong podcast. Oh, no. She's, y'all, you're going to get there. I have no doubt about it. Um, okay. So, new school year. We're pretty early in season two of the podcast. Um, August is just kind of the year for teach or the time of year for teachers where we really celebrate the new year. Like, January is cute and all, but August is the new year. Uh-huh. Um, what are some hopes that you have for this new year? If I told you that I ran into Haley's class the other day, they started a writing unit, you know, the new year, uh-huh. a new writing unit, and I ran over there with a happy new year tiara and confetti. Would that shock you at all? Oh, not for a second. <laughs> not like She didn't see it coming. It was great. I heard the like, she bought horns for them. I just wanted you to know, I thought you'd be proud of that. Very <laughs> Not surprised, but proud. Confetti is life. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry. I forgot the question. <laughs> ADD. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Um, okay, so what do I expect out of the year? Um, your hopes. Because okay. I know you expect crazy because you also attract crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are your hopes for this year? In the podcast, in the classroom, in your dating life, whatever. Um, for the podcast... I hope to get some more stories on here. I'm very excited about some that I have planned. Um, I have um, one of my really, really good friends is um, on the tail end of breast cancer right now Mm -hmm. and just won Teacher of the Year for Madison County and is probably one of the strongest women I know, and I want her to sit down and share her story. Um, And she, she has some good stories about me growing up. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Jen's Hallmark at Russell Ridge back in the day. And so she could tell those stories. And so I want her to sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if she's ready. You know, that's the other thing. You have to wait for people to be ready, be ready. to share their story. Yeah. But I want people, I want to get a couple more stories. Um, I think I'm just going to keep, keep on keeping on with the podcast, you know, until I feel like there is no more. But I want people, you know, there are people that are sitting there that have a story. Yeah. That don't think they have a story. That don't want to share their story. Um, and they don't have to, but if they want to, I'm here to listen. Um, but think, like, how could your story be of value to someone else? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think people think they have to tell their real name. <laughs> and they don't. <laughs> you can lie. Um we can disguise your voice. Can you? No. Do you know how to do that? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. That's not one of the things I learned yet. <laughs> um, for my class this year, I'm super excited to, I just have such, two groups of great kids. And they um, are sweet. They're funny. Like, they have, like, sense of humor is there, you know? Yeah. I got a new student yesterday, and his book bag is full. He's like, oh, can I empty these supplies out? I was like... What did you buy? Like, everything at the store? He goes, it's at least five Targets in here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, just funny. Like, I like that. We can we can go places. Oh, <laughs> for got sure. Some if they can hang, then you're safe. Um, but, you know, last year, I will say, was a very rough year for me uh, yeah. as a teacher. 
uh, did not make the progress with the kids that I wanted to make. Um, I actually accepted a job at the high school and um, I just felt like after last year I couldn't walk away. Yeah. And leave that as like my legacy at that elementary school. So I'm back. Um, <laughs> because I, when I leave, I want to leave it better than I found it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that sounds cheesy. It sounds like a little Pinteresty quote, but I definitely don't think last year was my best year yet. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that this year, um, we're going to go places and it's more than about test scores. It's, it just wasn't, there were lots of things that just, you know, the way the kids left, their, um, their test scores. It was just a lot of different things that mm -hmm. I just, I was like, I don't want that to be what people remember me by. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so cheesy. Sorry. Um, well, so know, I want it to be better. It, that segue is great into the last question that I have for you. Talking about a legacy um, that you didn't want, um, and which is ridiculous to me because every you're magic for every kid that you interact with, and I know that about you. But um, I get how we can be hard on ourselves and expect um, things from ourselves. But thinking about a legacy to leave, um, what is it that you do want to be known for? I want to be, um, I want to be the teacher that the kids come back, you know, I yeah. want to be the teacher that they remember left the sugar out of the Kool-Aid, but also taught them to believe in themselves. I yeah. want to be that teacher. I want to be the coworker that people can rely on. Um, I want to be the friend. That supports all my friends. I want to be the friend that's there to hold your hand when you're crying. I want to be the friend that cheers you when you need to be cheered. Um, I want to be the friend that checks on you when nobody else does. Um, and that's hard, you know. Um, I always told myself, like, you, you know, it's better to have four quarters than a hundred pennies. And I look and I think, oh, but these hundred pennies are so beautiful. And there are a hundred pennies that would do anything for me. And that's not just, that's not just my friends, but the parents that I've built a relationship with that, you know, would bend over backwards for me. Um, and I think that's, that's what I want to be is, you know, not the one with the four friends, mm -hmm. but the one, not the one with the hundred friends that mean nothing. I want the friends that, um, I would say they're worth gold. Can pennies be made out of gold? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, to me, it just, you know, these people are all of value to me. And so maybe I have a hundred quarters. But they're all so special, and and I want them to know that they are special, and that um, they might get on my nerves sometimes, 
But at the end of the day, I love them. You know, they might do silly things, <laughs> but I love them, you know, and um, I probably rambled too much right there. But I want, you know, you all know that, like, my family means the world to me. Um, and at the end of the day, like, that's who my, my world revolves around is my family. And those people that, you know, believed in me when <laughs> I lost my driver's license and had to be driven to college, you know, like those people that, um, taught me to roll up an extension cord, <laughs> you know, the, the basics and like those people mean the world to me too. And I don't know, I rambled, but no, you didn't. Um, that's the legacy. I just, I have to And my to dogs, say. I love my dogs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that I would be a dog mom until I got a dog. And now you're and a dog mom of two. Yeah, I'm a dog mom of two. They're blondes. <laughs> and it just changes your world, too. I want to be a good dog mom. That's my legacy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. I can't with you. Um... I don't know. I just have to say mission accomplished. Um, when you were talking about the type of friend that you want to be and hope to be. Um, there, there's, <laughs> Why is everybody crying all of a sudden? There, there's no want in that for you because that's who you are. Um like Mackenzie, I call you and I'm like, hey, can I live at your house for a few months? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, it would have been convenient if you called me like a week ago. But <laughs> sure, come on. Yeah. At like not skipping a beat, like willing to take like me and a dog in, like and not giving it a second thought. Um, it's just who you are as a person. And um, just mission accomplished. Who you want to be known for is... Um, already who you are I'm excited um for the plans that you have for your podcast I'm excited um for the kids that got lucky enough to have you this year um it's a good group I'm excited I'm excited for you um and thank you for um trusting me I don't know if you regret <laughs> it at this point but to be on this side of the interview seat it's been a great you know um a great time um you know I love to talk so mm -hmm. this has been a highlight for me um, I've been yeah today we're recording on a Friday those oh, of you who needed winter. to know and so I've been hollering at kids all day so I probably sound like a chain smoker but I've just this is from screaming not cigarettes just to put that out there well and that's like last year mm -hmm. I was super sick through March, April, May, and I listen back and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> if you could hang through all that, <laughs> you know, I just couldn't shake it, and it, so, listen, it couldn't be worse than those, <laughs> jeez, I was like, what was I thinking, should have just taken a break, but I didn't, so it can't be worse, promise. Okay, well, we'll see on the other but, side of yeah. the editing, <laughs> Yeah. make me sound pretty, Mackenzie, uh, I can't, I don't know how to do that. But thank you for doing this. It means a lot that you would stop and come over and hang out to be on the other side. Oh, it's so worth it. <laughs> so worth it. It was a blast.